Well, welcome to episode 24 of the Coventry Telegraph podcast, While We Sing Together. This week I'm delighted to be joined by former Skyloos defender Dave Boost. Dave, I'll make it uh, over 50 appearances and four goals uh, for the Sky Blues over a five-year period. Is that about right? Yeah, that's right. I had a better goal ratio than John Slarko, <laughs> as I often tell him whenever I see him. Do you remember all your goals? Yeah, I was, it was five, actually. I was five, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, five and two own goals. Um, first goal was against Wimbledon. Uh, drew 1-1, first game of the season, uh, losing 1-0, uh, diving header. So that one always um, sticks in my, in my in the memory banks. Uh, then I scored the winner against West Ham away that same season. Uh, we won one nil again. They were all headers <laughs> um, from corners, presumably. Uh, no, no. The the first one was from open play. Um, Steve Morgan crossed left foot into the area. What were you doing up there? <laughs> I think it was supposed to be a, a set piece for wide on the left, and they took a quick one, and it was as I was running in, the mm-hmm. ball came in and I just carried on the, the run. So yeah. any set pieces that would go up for. Um, scored uh, in a 2 1 win against Everton at home. Noel Whelan got the, got the first. No, I got the first, he got the second, the winner. Mm. Um, and we played Tottenham in the League Cup, and we were 2 0 down at half time, and I'd scored an own goal in the first half. <laughs> and then the second half, I. Scored a header, well, it came off my shoulder. Um, but, and I'll set the winner up for John Salarco to score. Um, so that was number four. And number five was when the defending champions, Blackburn, we played at Highfield Road and we beat them 5 0 at home. And uh, I scored the first goal wow. on that one. So, uh, do you know how many people were in the ground as well? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic memories. I mean, it's uh, it's lovely, isn't it? You know that you can reflect on the fact the fact you you played at that that level. You know, which is you played some um, some huge teams at the time, didn't you? And some fantastic grounds. And yeah, I think that's what the best thing. Was, you know, me coming from non-league, um, and you know, short time with, with with the injury, but you know, I wouldn't have changed anything. I'd rather mm. have had a short time playing at the top level than mm. a sort of you know not have gone into it at all. So uh, mm. all my memories of no matter what happened to me regarding injury or mm. a short time, I wouldn't, wouldn't have changed anything because it was, you know, the best experience, yeah. you know, of my life and where I'd come from as a as a player. Yeah. So how did that yeah. happen? I mean, how do you go? I mean, because that's a, a massive jump, isn't it, to go from non-league to the Premier League or the, the First Division? You know, um, at that back in the day, um, you know, it doesn't happen very often these days, does it at all? Um, no. I think, and especially, so if, if you look at Jamie Vardy, for instance, mm. he'd sort of been in the system, went out to Fleetwood, I think it was. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Quite high anyway, in, in either the, the National League or the National Conference, and then came back into it, and obviously he's, he's a great player. for the level at where I had started from, so go back to when I was, I was, I was a kid, um, we used to play for, we didn't have academies then, so I played for a team called Dunlop Terriers, who were sort of spin-off of Aston Villa. Mm. Um, we used to play in the Birmingham Boys League, and we won, you know, we won everything. But we had players from all around. You know, it was a, it was a way of having players in a Sunday side being attached to a football club. But mm. you weren't allowed to sign. You know, it was schoolboy forms back then. Yeah. But you, it was a way of keeping players under the umbrella, but not officially part of the football club. Yeah. Um, and then I went out of football. They, I didn't go out of football. I went out of sort of you know competitive football. And I didn't get taken on. Nine of my teammates got signed as apprenticeship apprentices for Leicester City. Uh, I was very small at that age, 
uh, and I went to work for Botanic Insurance, who my, uh, my dad uh, worked for. So I went and played um, works league football in Division Seven of the works league, and it was the probably the most it was the best experience for me in terms of my development because yeah. you know I was sort of a short ass sort of sixteen year old playing again in men's football. Mm. But it, you know, it toughened me up and. Mm. Um, from di- playing in Division Seven of the Works League, you know, I then went to a team called uh, Kings Heath, uh, and I'd started. I'd had a growth spurt then as well. So between sixteen and eighteen, I probably grew about a, f- a foot. I was a little bit gangly at sixteen, which mm. is probably why they didn't take me. But slowly then moved back down the field from being a forward to midfield to left back, right back to centre half sweeper, um, and then it was at Kings Heath uh, we played Moor Green in the cup. Um, who were two leagues higher than us and uh, we drew at their place 1-1 and then they beat us um, 2-1 back at our place and the manager then Bobby, Bob Faulkner um, who's pa- sadly passed away but was, was one of the longest serving managers with, along with Alex Ferguson he'd done 25 years at Morgreen big influence on my career mm. um, he, he put seven days in for me then uh, wasn't going to sign enjoyed playing with my mates and it was a bit more of a social <laughs> and didn't get paid or anything and and I, three times I was supposed to go twice to sign and my dad came back off holiday and then found out I hadn't gone and signed and he basically dragged me up there <laughs> and said you're signing for these no matter what and he used to be he was very supportive in my in throughout my whole career but yeah. in the younger days taking me all the way over to Birmingham to train every yeah. twice a week that sort of stuff so he just went right get yourself there forget playing with your mates mm. and, and then I spent four brilliant years at, at Green. Um, we, were in, we got promoted in the first year from the old Southern League to the Southern Premier, mm. and um, and then I was, well, coming up to 24 then. But during that time, I'd had a couple of trials. Uh, I'd been to Warsaw, uh, spent a week there under John Barnwell, but uh, nothing came of that. Um, some other teams had shown interest in me, but nothing, nothing came of it. So I'd, I was working and playing football and earning, you know, decent. Um, Money from more green to alongside my job in insurance, so it was you know it was, it was comfortable and so you were selling insurance, as yeah, well. yeah, mm-hmm. with botanic issue, botanic insurance. Um, the whole family's been employed by them at, to, at some <laughs> stage. <laughs> Seems to be a, a grounding for for our family to start off in the, the, their sort of career. Um, and yeah, and, and how it came about was Barry Powell um, was finishing off his career and came to us on, in the last season. And he was still a very good footballer, Barry. Mm. Didn't have the legs, but he just sat in midfield yeah. and and um, played at Sky Blues as well. Obviously, yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, and he was working. He was doing the community job at Coventry at, at, at that time. Right. And there was a, a scout called John Bettles as well, who was known for spotting the non-league players and recommending them to various clubs. John Bettles, he's, he's passed away now as well. He picked up Flinney, uh, Andy Pearce, and myself. Sean Flynn. Yeah, mm. Sean Flynn. Um, and recommended them to, to Coventry. So um, I came down for a week's training, um, which was one of the most, still working around it. So was, my job then was quite flexible, and I could come training in the morning and then go working, and it was the most tiring week of my, of my life. <laughs> you know, and uh, I remember training against you know, like, uh, Paul Furlong at the time, who was a very strong, quick uh, player, but managed to do quite well in training. And then they asked me to play a reserve match at Man United. And it was the comeback game of Lee Sharp. Right. So the 15,000 people had decided to come along <laughs> and, and watch. 
uh, at Old Trafford. Uh, there was nine internationals in the Man United reserve team, wow. and uh, funnily enough, I was up against Mark Robbins. Oh right. Um, so I, I broke I broke my toe in a previous match, so I was playing with a broken big toe as well. Yeah. And I thought I'm not I'm not I'm not passing up this opportunity. Yeah, I just yeah. spoke to George Dalton then. I said, look. Got a bruised toe. I didn't tell him it was broke. I said I've got a bruised toe. Have you got some padding? And they put this foam stuff on it, which has really helped. But luckily, I just managed to get through the game. And um, did Mark score? No, we um, no Danny Wallace. Uh, he scored, and I remember Sean Flynn. Uh, um, he scored from the penalty spot. And I remember Sean Flynn getting the equaliser, and we drew one one, which wasn't a bad result. And um, and that, they were. Terry, Terry was happy with me. I had a chat with me after. Terry said, Butcher. Terry Butcher, yeah. Mm. Uh, he took the team that night um, and he said, Look, you know, we want to sign you. We want to, I wasn't on contract. We want to sort something out with Moore Green. Um, and then that took quite a while. I said, Well, probably a few weeks. And then over Christmas, John Bettles had rang me um, and said, Yep, yeah, they, want, they want you in. They want you in for talks and, mm. you know, come up with a deal for you and, the, and, the, and, the, and Moore Green. And it was over that period I just heard one day that he'd, he'd either resigned or been sacked Terry had and I just mm. thought oh, God my whole world sort of just caved in there was yeah. getting ready to I'd not play for Moore Green the previous fixtures prior to me coming in because I didn't want to risk getting injured or anything yeah. like that well that was my dad's idea he said don't you dare play until <laughs> um, but, but luckily Don Howard had been part of the training and the coaching set up so he took over and um he, he had me and my dad in, went up to Ryzen and said, look, you know, I know Terry wanted to sign you, um, we'll sort a deal out now, and um, and that was it then, I, mm. I signed on that day that I went in, and... Uh, and Bobby was always, Bobby Gould was always um, looking in the lower leagues, he got a reputation for sort of getting, plucking players from lower divisions and the low, and non-league, couldn't he? Yeah. Um, and giving them a go, so I, I guess, you know... That was a good fit for him as well. Yeah, I think the Coventry obviously Bobby wasn't came in six months later, but he he liked that you know from his Wimbledon days of the club he was at previously before Coventry. Mm. Um, you know they had a lot of non-league players in that team as well. So um, you know he, he used to call us a different name, but <laughs> said we needed a lot of work. But he knew our heart was in the right place, and mm. we probably wanted it a little bit more than. Well, I was going to ask else. you about that because I mean. You know, you look. I look back at players like Andy Morrell, who sort of was a bit of a late starter, Trevor Peak, and people like that. And you know, that you always think that there's something about those players that they just they want to succeed that little bit more than the ones that have sort of come up, not the easy way, but an easier route, a more direct route. Don't get me wrong; I'd love to have gone up the normal way, apprenticeship, yeah. and you know, been coached all that that time. But yeah. I, I think, and I still say it now, it's. I think there's a certain grounding you get when you're out working and you've got to pay your bills. Yeah. And, and I got married very young, you know, at, uh, I was 19 when I got married, I had responsibilities. And mm. and you get to you get to appreciate the, the chances you get, to, whether that's promotion through work mm. uh, and by hard work, that gets you into the right areas of whatever your, your career is. Um, I knew I could earn, you know, some, some sort of pocket money playing non-league and the better I did at it and the more I trained, the more I would mm. get to subsidise uh, my wages. So it, 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 it's it's very uh, grounding. And then to, to get paid to play professionally and train every day, it's like, well, you know, who wouldn't and mm. who takes that for granted? And I suppose 
flip side, the people who take it for granted who've had it all the time and they don't know anything different. They just think they're going to make mm. a player. Whereas I'm thinking, God, I don't want to go back to what I was mm. doing. I would do. Um, you know, I went back for slightly less money than I was getting working and playing for more green. Um, just because I wanted that opportunity to mm. have a go at the, you know, the professional, which I'd always wanted to do, but mm. you know, wasn't. I'd never been given that chance, you know. So, uh, and what was it like, you know, those first that first day or those first few weeks as a bona fide Coventry City player, going in with all these sort of big names and stuff, and were you a little bit starstruck? Well, how did they react to you? Did you know? I, I did think they look down on you or accept you? Or what was it like? I think it was good that the fact that I'd played against Sean Flynn and Andy probably six months before because yeah. they used to be at Hell's Own and we played against them so I didn't know them but the fact that they were non-league players in and around there and um, I always got on well with the younger players I think um, something about me just had a you know a, a respect for the, for the sort of 17, 18 year old lads and I was very much in the first six months reserves mm. the youth team lads they sort of played and trained separately because we had big squads then mm. sort of not like now in um, you've got a basic first team squad and then the rest is, your, is made up it's, yeah. um, we had, we had a, a reserve squad a youth team squad and a first team squad mm. um, so we used to train a lot with the youth team and the, and the reserves and um, it was just it was just tough for me I just found it the, the, the sheer physical the training every day and then playing it, it took me a, a good six months to get you know anywhere near sort of you know I'd played a few reserve games but mm. not an awful lot just because my fitness wasn't there yeah. You know, even though I was training twice a week and playing twice a week, it's not the same as training Different five level, days yeah. and then playing on the Saturday or midweek as it was. It was mm. um, so I did a, a big um, on my own fitness-wise, um, just to make sure when we started the next pre-season when Bobby took over, that yeah. I was sort of ahead of the game a little bit. Yeah. You made your debut at um, at Norwich, was that right? One-one draw. Yeah. So that was six months after Bob came in. Um, we played, and it was just, again, sheer. A lot of it's about luck, being in the right place at the mm. right time. So we just played a reserve game on the Tuesday night, and the, oh, I think it might have been the Monday, the first team were travelling on the Tuesday to play the replay of the FA. I don't even know how they got It must have drew at home, I suppose, if we were playing Norwich away on the Wednesday. Mm. And then we had them in the fixture on the Saturday in the league. So we played this reserve game, and I always remember... Um, I'm sure it was Don Howe, who was still there then for the first bit with, with Bob. Him coming in and me and Peter Billing just got absolutely... We'd lost the reserve game, got absolutely battered. He called us wet lettuces. Um, and Pete Billing must have known what was coming because I, I think he heard someone say, so-and-so's got injured, he's not travelling. So then he was basically... Don Howe went round, Pete, you're, you're travelling tomorrow. And... Pete was a bit of a, more of a seasoned pro and knew it was like a four-day trip and being away and, and he just went, oh, no, I'm feeling my hamstring and, and he didn't go, so he sort of <laughs> went along to me. You're travelling. I was like, great, yeah. You know, went to a pack my bags, when do I go? And uh, so I actually came on for Lloyd McGrath in about the last two, three minutes of that. We, we, we lost the, uh, the replay. Um, but then we went to Norwich on the Saturday and I think Andy Pearce hadn't played. I was rooming with Andy. Mm. He hadn't played particularly well. Bobby had sort of was making an example of him and dropped him and put me in for my debut. Right. Um, and that was uh, on that Saturday we played and then... You must have done OK. 1-1 one, one draw? Yeah. Carrero? Uh, certain Chris Sutton was playing for, for them and as well. And obviously he was just coming up the ladder of being one, you know, mm. useful uh, centre-forward and 
and that. But it was uh, just seeing yourself on the pub on the night when the red line in Kings Heath and uh, you know, match the day comes on, and then oh god, all of a sudden you're on match yeah. the day, and you're thinking, you know, as a kid, I always watched match of the day, and there yeah. I am now, now on it. Yeah, that must be an amazing moment, mustn't it, for any footballer? You know, a proud moment, and you know, the fact you know your dad as well. You know, the, him sort of sitting there and, and, and watching it that night, I, I guess as well. Yeah, he was. I mean, dad's been the biggest supporter yeah. of my whole football, and he, you know, he hadn't missed a reserve game, he hadn't missed a first team game, mm. um, and he was managing himself as, 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 towards the end of, of, of my career. And he, I think he probably has a few regrets that he didn't come and watch more mm. towards the end. But you know, he's got his own. He had mm. his own sort of direction with football, and mm. but in the early days, just and still, it's still like that now. To be honest, yeah. anything we want to do it, is there for us. And mm. but was it that moment, you know, when you're sort of in the pub and you look up and match of the day, and you're on it? Is that the moment you thought, "Blimey, I'm onto something special"? Here? I think it was um, just the reaction of people around me, you know, going, "Oh, you know," because it wasn't even my local pub, and we'd gone out with my, uh, my wife's sister and theirs, and there was a big football. Um, Sort of Sunday team base there, and then mm. you know they just saw me standing there, and the next minute they were going shh. The whole pub kept quiet. They turned the TV <laughs> up, and you know a little bit embarrassing, if anything. And, uh, and there it was. Uh, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. Yeah. Now you played with some fantastic players over your City career, you know, and and probably two or three different sort of um, uh, teams, if you like. I mean, the, the, the likes of Gary Gillespie, Phil Babb, you know, some of the defenders that were, that were there at the time, some of the bigger names sort of thing. Kevin Gallagher, Mickey Quinn up front, um, Peter and Love, Roy Wegerly, those types. And then later in your, in your college career, the likes of Dion and Noel Whelan and, and all the rest of it. So um, who were the best players that you played with at City, would you say? I think um, probably put it into who had an influence on... On, on myself and mm. how, how I progressed as a player. So in the early early stages, I was I played a lot with um, this was in reserve team football as well um, with Pete Billing, mm. um, very experienced centre half, very strong, and taught me a lot positionally. You know where to go, which side to go, you know goal side, ball side, you know mm. when to drop off, when to go, you know I, I learned a lot from him. Um, and then we always knew when Babby signed, he, he came as a left back. But you could see Bobby wanted to have him as a, a bit of a ball playing centre half, and mm. you know he was probably he was a little bit shorter for centre half, but very athletic and and things like that. So um, it's you know playing alongside um, Phil a, a few times, but then he moved on to, to Liverpool and mm. uh, Peter Atherton again a, a great um, pro. Um, played a lot of times for Coventry City was always Mr Reliable mm. you know again a little bit short probably for a centre half but very quick covered the ground uh, well read the game very well and mm. you pick up you learn experience from that and then further down the career again you know these are all centre halves I'm talking about mm. but it's you know people like Paul Williams uh, Richard Shaw um, David Rennie it was all that experience Picking up those little bits of experience, um, mm. you know, learning from them and, and what they did, and that was mm. a big part. Because I was late coming into the game; I was twenty-four, mm. you know. So, um, yeah, playing a, a Nuddy. Nuddy was um, a young player, still in very much in his infancy. And that, when I joined, he was very much one of the reserve players. And it was probably the next year when he jumped up, and all of a sudden mm. became. Them. He's one of the most skillful players I've ever ever trained with and played with. Mm. Um, one of the most difficult to. To uh, to play against and in training, I just try and kick him. <laughs> you, know, you were allowed to tackle then, and you know you could get the ball first and then carry on through and not be penalised through it. These days, it probably wouldn't last five minutes in the training session. 
<laughs> and what were the who were the characters at the time? I and mean, what were the likes? You know, Quinny and, uh, and Roy Wegley, people like that. What were they like as characters? Yeah, well, they're, they're, the two you just mentioned there—they're they're like chalk and cheese. So Roy Wegley had such um, uh, a weird sense of humour about him, very dry and very laid back and yeah. you know nothing would ever trouble him and um, but very skillful and was probably our quickest player which people didn't realise because he was came across as a little bit lazy and right. um, the way he sort of there was no effort when he ran I remember us having um, a, a race to find out who the quickie was and we had John Williams at the time who was sort of, you know, flying a flying yeah. um <laughs> champion and I think it was a 40 yard dash we had and, and Wegg has absolutely walked it you know he was you know, he's at the end, sort of, uh, you know, waiting for everyone else to catch up. Um, he beat John. He beat John, yeah, forty oh, right. yards. Well, like, no one beat touch him over hundred yards, but right, again, yeah. you know, you got mm. football at your feet. You, it's, yeah. as Mickey Quinn would say, it's how quick you are over ten yards. And mm. Mick, you know, obviously, shape at the time wasn't in the the football mould <laughs> of the ideal professional. But you know, his goals he scored, and but it, at, at that time we had. Um, we had Paul Cook as well, um, a little bit afterwards, and, and Mick and, and Mike Marsh had, had come on loan to us from West Ham, and just that that sense of humour from the, the scousers and what they brought into the, the dressing room, and from Mick was probably our biggest known name that came into that, that side, so the rest of the players um, were not sort of household names, mm. not, not to be disrespectful to no, them. No. But, um, Quinny coming to us and having scoring his, his 10 goals in the first 12 games yeah. when he was on loan was, was unbelievable and uh, yeah. beating the Villa as well on Boxing Day um, just puts him in folklore sort of uh, must have been a special time to, to be involved in yeah it was a time when it was very much about team spirit and what you did on the pitch and off the pitch you know when there was a, there was a big social not like you know a, a heavy drinking culture within the club but you know we used to have Wednesdays off and it was it was known that we'd go and have a drink and then on Thursday we'd run it off in the morning and then go mm. through prep on Friday for the, for the Saturday game so it was and uh, Big Ron's old assistant Mick Brown he had a, a bit of a nickname for you guys didn't he yeah so uh, we used to used to take the Mick out of Mick Brown and he, he gave us as good as he got great experience with, you know Man United under Big Ron which is mm. why he bought it in but there was there was just a group of us that were around the first team at that time uh, Lee Jenkinson Ali Pickering Steve Morgan Sean Flynn um, John Williams and he just nicknamed us F Troop for, for some reason we were always sort of giggling between us and sort of being a little bit sly behind his back or taking them but it was good we were a lot most of us were playing in the first team at the time and mm. it was part of our spirit of our team and he he recognised that in mm. his own strengths and we had a Christmas party the, the the one year and we all dressed up in army gear and everything and had badges put on F Troop and you know, we stood up for to parade for Mick to sort of come and inspect us, and you know, it was, uh, it was just, it was that, it was that reciprocal um, sort of respect between yeah, us, yeah. you know, and yeah. And know. sticking with the army theme, I mean, the, I was asking you earlier uh, off the microphone about um, sort of away trips and stuff like that, pre-season trips and um, that sort of thing. But um, you obviously you were part of the the in, now infamous um, uh, army assault course uh, training that you used to do with Bobby. yeah we had two trips actually it was the it was the it was the first one which was a bit of a shock to the system when there was a I always remember Kenny Sansom and he just joined us and I can't remember the exact time it was but he joined us and I remember him driving out after the first first half day we were put up in these barracks all in like a big dorm 
and 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 Kenny went no, nah, you know. England, <laughs> Arsenal. No, I'm, not, I'm not having this. And the next thing you know, he was in his car going down the road, and we thought, what the, what, what's going on there? And he just went, no, I'm not doing. I'm not having this at my time in career because it was towards the end. Yeah. Um, but he didn't get kicked out. He came, he came back and had a successful season at, at left back. And, yeah, and again, yeah. it was that experience that you draw on from mm. people like Kenny. And he was such a good. He wasn't a big time Charlie at all. So, mm. you know, he'd just gone like, no, the time of me, you know, sleeping on a. a Sleeping bag on the, on the floor or whatever, just it wasn't at that time for him. It was towards the end. And he so how like, how did that go down with Bobby? Did you just accept that because he was such a big name and he wanted him in the side, or I, I, I think it's one of them. He just it didn't have much choice because he'd gone in his car. Yeah. He didn't go and ask Bobby and say I'm, I'm I'm leaving. He just went. Yeah. So obviously whether he got fined or not, or when he came back, he just or whether yeah. Bobby probably understood probably you know where he was coming from and I guess the I lads did as well didn't they yeah we, we did I mean like I said you got two ones you got the established pros Robert Rosario and, uh, and Quinny and all that lot and you've got um, the young ones will, will go wherever you're told yeah, at yeah, that yeah. stage yeah, yeah if you want us on that fine we'll go yeah. there and um, and again it was you know Bobby was all about that that team team spirit and working together and um, mm. and that and, and the, the, the second trip we went on um we were talking about you know Lee Hurst. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you know he jumped down off one of the the walls and hurt his knee, and he you know never played. He played again afterwards, but not yeah. nowhere near the potential of what he was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just had a great season mm-hmm. in the first team, and um, you know was highly thought of, and um, it's just a, a real shame that. Yeah, totally sad, isn't it? Know? Yeah, really. But uh, yeah, I, I guess you know. The, there was that team bond. Did the team bonding thing work on yeah, those occasions? I, I, I think it did. It was very mm. tiring. It got us fit. It was, you know, it was pretty part of our pre-season. Yeah. But it wouldn't happen now, though, would it? Not these days. No, I'm saying they wouldn't. I think agents would get involved yeah. now and say, no, nope, health and safety and all that. Mm. Oh, it's, uh, but you know, it, it, it brought it brought us together, and you know, you, you find a lot about each other. And we were allowed to, you know, have a drink as well. And as long as everything was in, in moderation, you know, work mm. hard, train hard, you know, enjoy yourself. You know, but not too excessive. Yeah. So, what was the best or the biggest game you you played in? Do you reckon for the Sky Blues? Um, biggest game. Um, it was probably the weekend that I, I got injured. We'd um, we'd had a run of results. We, we we were lagging down towards the bottom, um, and I, I seem to remember beating Bolton away um, a, a few weeks before. Um, and then I remember playing against Noel Blake, not Noel Blake, one of the Blakes. His last name was Blake. Noel Blake was the centre half. Nathan. Uh, Nathan Blake. Yeah, and I saw Nathan not so long back on um, at Newport County because he was he's an ambassador for right. the community scheme. And I saw him there, so we were talking about it. Funnily enough, and we beat them two one, and then that set us up for the weekend of the bank holiday. I, I think I might be a, a game missing in between there, but it, it was a, it was a good result away mm. from home. Um, and we were playing Liverpool at home at Highfield Road, and then we had Man United on the Monday. And mm. um, we we beat Liverpool at home. Um, not sure if it was one nil or two one, but I remember Noel Whelan sort of hitting the ball back across the goal. It was, it was a great finish. It, you know, come across in the air, six yard area, and he was going away from him, and he's managed to get a foot on it and hook it back against the run of play, and it, it went in. And so we either won one nil or two one. It might be just one nil set us up nicely for the, uh, the bank holiday at Man United so mm. and these were two big games for me because obviously I'd, I'd got back in the side yeah. sort of just after Christmas I had a good run of games after being injured 
six months prior to that and um, it was just like I say it was just a great weekend and going back to Old Trafford for me was mm. sort of where it all started as well from where my, yeah. my trial game and yeah. you know I was looking forward to it and obviously playing against the you know Eric Cantor at the time and mm. all the other sort of massive names they had yeah. in their time and it was the it was the year of um, I think it was when their um, their youngsters were all coming through so it was like Beckham, Scalzi, yeah. Gibbsy, yeah. the Nevilles it was their sort of first year of, you know Mm. And Hanson famously saying you won't win anything with yeah, with kids, with kids <laughs> in it, and, and uh, they went and won it. So, yeah, and it was just unfortunate that was the the day I got injured. Yeah, it sort of went full circle then, didn't it? Yeah. Career. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But but going back to that Liverpool game, who, who was in the Liverpool side that that day? I mean, who who were you up against? Who were you marking? You know what? I'd have to see a program. It's, it's quite weird because a lot of people say, "Who did you play against?" And I, I, I don't. I recall the games and yeah. what teams are played against, but. It's only when someone gives me a programme and I look at it and I go, oh, God, so-and-so played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, could he sort of focus? I'm, I'm pretty sure the Liverpool team then would have been the likes of um, Ian Rush Ian and insane, Robbie yeah. Fowler in his young yeah. young, young days. So, mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd be guessing. Yeah. <laughs> well, best players you played against? In the top flight, um, I think Alan definitely Alan Shearer before he got his knee injury. Mm. Uh, he was supposed to be classed as the you know best player in the world at the time. You know, was a centre forward. He, he was quick. He was strong. He was good in the air. Mm. Great feet, movements. He um, always did well at Highfield Road, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, not when we beat him five <laughs> five nil. So, uh, um, <coughs> but yeah, he was he was very 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 tough and very clever as well. Yeah. You know, he knew when you'd hardly give him a push in the back but he'd sort of throw his weight forward and he'd get free kicks when he shouldn't be getting them and mm. he was very clever like that and, uh, but his all-round game was, was was a threat and um, and Ian Wright Ian Wright was the other side of him um, non-league player very um, aggressive yeah wanting to get involved in a fight with you wanting to put you off wanting to kick you off the ball and if you didn't weren't strong and you sort of give as good as you got to him then mm. you know he would thrive on that and obviously he was a very good finish around the box very quick never gave you a minute to settle if if you were on the ball and just had to be big so th- those two were the I always say when uh, in my opinion yeah. and I happened to do quite well against them as well <laughs> <laughs> and you also played alongside um, Stephen Presley didn't you um, briefly albeit briefly what, what was Elvis like back in the day as a player you were you, quite young at the time wasn't it, you? yeah, he'd it, have been it, younger it, than you I guess it, right? yeah I, I don't know how much quite a way I probably think um, we, we brought him and Sandy Robertson together from Rangers and um I remember them living with Gary Gillespie, um, so I think it was about '94 that it was. It would, would be around about that time. Uh, Stanley never sort of lived up to that um, reputation he'd had of being a, a ball playing, mm. you know, winner in midfield and best thing to come out of Scotland and all that. Um, but again, was a great character. Um, what has happened to him? He's still in the game. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know where he went after. I think he went back to Scotland. Yeah. Um, he was one of them confident players. If his confidence went, he. It, it sort of uh, mm-hmm. went out. I, mean, I think his experience at Coventry, as it clearly didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with Steve, we we played. I oh, probably resented him a little bit because whenever we were picked, I had to play on the left side because he wouldn't. His left foot was was let's just say it wasn't as as good as mine. But <laughs> when you're playing on the wrong side, it, 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 you're out of balance a little bit, and uh, you know when your clearances are on your left foot and yeah, your, yeah. your right foot, but because yeah. he was the Younger player, 
you know, he got his way. But he was again very, very tenacious. Liked to play football, mm. um, and again probably didn't um, fulfil his potential mm. um, because both of them came down to us with with the high expectations. Mm. And uh, but it was it was great to play against. Very quite quiet. Um, I know later on in his career he wasn't. You know, mm. and, you know when he was at Celtic and was it Celtic or Rangers? It was at Celtic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, went on to captain and a great career in the international yeah, team yeah. and. And, uh, and we played a f- uh, charity match here actually at the Rico and I, I got him to play alongside so that we sort of meet him with centre-halves again and uh, I think he ended up at centre-forward in the end so uh, mm. that just about summed it up yeah, he was, good, he was yeah. a good, good lad Lovely, thanks Dave thanks ever so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure and um, I wish you all the best thank you uh, Cheers Andy